Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Alvid Kahn and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship and building in public. This episode is called What Founders Can Learn from Web3 Community Building and What They Can't. First, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by FE International, a market-leading M&A advisor helping founders like you exit their businesses. Since 2010, FE International has completed hundreds of millions in SaaS, e-commerce, and content business acquisitions. Now, let me tell you a story about Tolu Akinola. He used his passion for tackling challenges across the board to create a solution for frustrated Shopify app users. After three years of modifying the app based on customer feedback, Tolu decided it was time to divest of his business. Three years, sounds reasonable. And as he started researching online for the best way to going about a business, he saw a common thread. People were successfully selling their business through FE International. Quote, I filled out a form on the FE website and people from the team reached out to me shortly after that. And I can attest to that because I did the exact same. <laughs> and it works. For Tolu, finding the right buyer was crucial. Quote again, he, uh, he was trying to get the sense of whoever bought delivery date would understand that the app was connected with weird people, with weird businesses. Also someone familiar with Shopify, who knows the pros and cons and who was concerned with growing it to the level that he knew it could get to. One of the things that made him feel good about going through with the sale was hearing that FE International guys say that the prospective buyer had bought multiple apps from them. And this helped him see that the buyer was legitimate. Tolu successfully exited delivery date through FE International in the spring of 2021. Curious about how much your business could be worth and if now is the time to sell? Well, FE International offers free valuations and I highly recommend you take one and you get one for your business. Go to feinternational.com to learn more. And now let's get started. If you're an entrepreneur planning to build a community around a particular subject, you will benefit immensely from observing what's going on in the crypto space. And even with the rampant scams and the rug pulls and all the weird stuff, the Web3 space demonstrates what groups of people can accomplish when there's alignment between the leaders and the members of a community. Because that is what the non-fraudulent crypto projects are about for me. Ownership moves from the few to the many, and leaders are more conductors than commanders. With decentralized autonomous organizations, or DAOs, 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 is that way you pronounce it? On the rise, communities form around shared ownership of an idea. And that quickly translates into tokenized governance structures and democratic voting systems. And that's what the third web, the Web3 movement, is all about. There are, of course, critical voices. And I try to listen to them as much as I can as well to get a balanced, nuanced view. But these voices even can't drown out the optimistic spirit of most communities, which is important. Because what does this have to do with entrepreneurial-minded community building, right? Well, first I'll talk about all the fascinating properties of Web3 communities, and then I'll get into the weird stuff afterwards. Because where there's light, there's shadow, and we need to take a look at both sides. But first, let's look at the glaring opportunities. There's one thing that stands out to me, and what I see in the Web3 space is weaponized word-of-mouth marketing. If that doesn't make you incredibly curious right now, then you might not yet understand the power of having your customers raving to their peers about your product. It's an extremely potent strategy to marketing, strategic approach to marketing. And it effectively outsources your marketing efforts to your customer community. And Web3 communities are the most efficient word-of-mouth machines that I've seen in a while. 
In addition to that, they've also found a formula that works for all sorts of projects, from these profile picture NFT collections to real world to crypto space and back investment platforms. All kinds use the same strategy. And whether you believe NFTs are scams just wrapped in fancy tech or the salvation for creators all over the world, there's something to be inspired by, by observing these communities. And here are the core components of Web3 community building, why they work, why they work so well, and what an entrepreneur can learn from them, even if you're not in the Web3 space. The first and main thing that I found is parallel community building. Most communities, most Web3 communities, run on a dual platform approach. They use Discord as an in-group community platform and then Twitter as a public space to operate in. And these communities organize themselves privately with plenty of access-restricted channels, like either on Discord or Slack or on messenger platforms like Telegram. And then they direct all their public efforts, their marketing, their sales, their just building efforts towards a large-scale platform like Twitter or Facebook. And in a way, that makes Twitter a distribution and recruitment channel, while the meat of the community work is not done on Twitter, but on Discord, on their internal community. If distribution needs to happen on another channel, well, most Web3 communities could easily switch over without breaking a sweat, because their internal strategy, their internal business, everything they do to, to keep the community going is not required to be on Twitter. Twitter really is just a distribution channel for them. And this diversification also extends to their in-group community. If they were ever forced, for whatever reason, to give up their Discord server, well, most communities could quickly relocate to another system because they're all equally well-connected on Twitter because they're connected on both platforms. It's very interesting. And what a founder can learn from this is that it pays off to diversify your communication platforms. If you're ever in the position of needing to switch to another platform, how easy will it be for you right now to take your audience along. If Twitter bans your account, in error or because you violated some arbitrary rule, you will be hard-pressed to establish a similar-sized audience if you have no way of connecting with them off-platform. Now, consider having most of your audience to be subscribers to an email list, for example, either from your newsletter or some guide email sequence that they signed up at some point in the past because you offered it to your followers. Should you ever need to switch platforms, all it takes is an email blast to your list to inform them of all your next moves. If you move to a different platform, if you create a new account, whatever it is, if you have a platform, an, another platform to reach your customers, to your prospects, your audience on, that is diversification of risk. And even when there's no emergency, it's great to own the relationships with your audience. An email list might be the most valuable digital asset that you can ever hold. And I say this in full awareness of the irony because I talk about this in the context of the Web3 movement, right? It feels a bit Web1-ish, but with a list, you have direct access to people in a world full of intermediaries. And that, in many ways, is Web3, is what Web3 is all about. So diversify, you'll never know when you're going to need it. And with this platform switch comes another thing that's very interesting um, that is being used in Web3 communities, and that is peer-to-peer -peer influencer marketing. Because it's fairly common for collaborative projects to tap into the power of influencer marketing, right? It always is. It has been in Web 2 and Web 1. If you have people that are influential, you do stuff with them. But the Web 3 community approach brings a new quality to this. You will find influencers activating their own personal networks 
without being asked to spread the word about projects. Why do they do that? They are invested in the projects that they're marketing. They have ownership and they want the value of whatever they're sharing with their audience to increase. And profile picture NFT collections are a great example of this. And again, take it with a grain of salt. Lots of scams in the field, lots of weird stuff, but I'm really just talking about the strategic system behind this. Early adopters mint limited edition profile pictures in the early stages of the project. That's how they all start, right? They get the, this little initial community and then they set up the technology and they mint these, these collections. And then they try to get as many other people involved to mint the entire collection and thus increase its value. That's where floor comes in, where people start trading because you can't mint anymore and value goes up for every item in the collection. Every community member is incentivized to activate their personal network and many will. They don't even need to be coerced. You don't need to force them or anything in a community. They freely do this themselves because they see that every new person they bring to this isn't going to increase the value for everybody else. And this results in extremely high buy-in due to stellar trust levels between the people involved in this word-of-mouth marketing. And what a founder can learn from this is that if you get people invested in your business, your brand, and your mission, they will do whatever they can to get their peers involved. They'll do it for free, too, if there's some way for them to benefit from it. And it doesn't have to be about money, either. Reputation and affiliation are gains in themselves. If people can just affiliate themselves with your amazing mission, that is going to be reason enough for them to talk to their peers about it. And this is what goal alignment is all about. Don't just offer a simple solution to someone's problem. That's good enough to build a business from, but you'll find it hard to get people excited to tell their peers. Position yourself, the product, and the overall philosophy of your business as a greater mission. Make people excited to be associated with you and what you're building. Have them crave to represent you and recruit their peers to your business for you and for free. That's what this kind of word of mouth marketing is all about. If you can get people excited for the idea, they will get other people excited for the idea. And that's what is essentially doing your marketing for you. Let's talk about another mechanism that I find interesting in Web3 communities, and that's community voting. Traditional communities are very leader-centric. And community heads set the agenda, they enforce the rules, and they make all the choices regarding the community's future. If there's ever any community member interaction, it's mostly informal and used as decision-making guidance only. But a lot, a lot of Web3 communities flip this method on its head. DAOs, like decentralized autonomous organizations in particular, are building technology-based solutions to circumvent the need for central decision-makers. They distribute voting power through I don't know, the issuance of tokens representing fractional ownership of the project and its community. They, they go at it with a technology-centric way. And that way, the internal governance of each project gets democratized on a level that most tech communities have never seen before. Some projects even have established smart contracts on the blockchain to make the vote and its results immutable and public, cannot be changed, and can be seen forever. Every vote can be tracked and traced, increasing transparency and allowing for honest discourse around the topic within the community. And in addition to crypto-based voting, which is often focused on these long-term strategies and technical details, many communities use per-issue voting in the Discord communities. So there's like a poll or something and people um, 
there's an automated system in the back, right? And, and these systems track emoji-based responses to questions and polls in Discord, and then total results and keep a record of all votes and polls in the community. It's very interesting that these communities take all these, these voting mechanisms and try to establish them wherever they can be used. And consequentially, community members feel more represented because they literally are. They are, again, not surrounded by intermediaries, but they have impact, direct impact on the project. All community decisions are majority votes. And because there are so many, most members will be on the winning side of one vote or another. And that further cements their acceptance and support of the voting mechanism. This creates a strong sense of inclusion and belonging. And I don't really want to go into like the political science aspect of this too much, but democracy could benefit from more per-issue voting if it has this same effect does it ha- that it seems to have on members of the Web3 communities because they really love voting. And look at the reality around you, right? Okay, but let's talk about what a founder can learn from this. Involve your community. That's the central point. No matter if it's by having existing customers vote for the next feature of your business or sending surveys to your prospects during the trial period to make onboarding easier, make people feel involved and needed. Human beings respond to being respected and influential. They really crave that. And if you can make your customers and followers understand how much their input actually means to you, they will go out of their way to provide it. Create win-win situations. Start building in public, sharing your thoughts and doubts for your prospects, customers, and fellow founders to engage with over and over. Allow people to feel helpful. They want to be, right? And you'll be helped. It's a win-win. And enable your customers to help each other by sharing stories, by involving best practices and teaching them to each other, or even templates for the data in, in your business that other customers can use. Anything that bonds them as a community will be cementing a loyal customer base that feels like they belong. And voting mechanisms are one belonging creation system. There are many others. So look into how you can create belonging and the sense of an empowering community. Another point that I want to make that I see in Web3 communities all the time is memes. You'll have a hard time finding a Web3 community that doesn't have a chat channel dedicated to memes. People spend a surprising amount of time creating memes only to share them with their community peers for a laugh. But make no mistake, the focus on memes here is very intentional. These pictures and videos are community building catalysts. And if you ever build a community and people make memes, you will see what that means. That it's, it's going to be incredibly strong. The, these memes build relationships between community members based on something mutually shared. They build internal vocabulary that people only in the community use and thus creating in-groups, right? belonging, and a strong, strong sense of community and belonging in the community. And memes are the glue that keeps the community engaging with each other. They are hooks for newbies to become more knowledgeable about each community's internal assumptions and cultural backdrops. And for experts, they just imply certain things that you don't need to type out. Right? It's, a, it's another language. And if you know, you know, which is itself another meme, that there is strength bonding potential in memes in community. So what a founder can learn from this, memes being somewhat semi-serious things that are used to depict and describe certain things in the community, taking things less seriously can make people more serious about your project. Nobody wants to be inundated by marketing speech or pseudo-academic discussion all day. 
A quick laugh induced by a funny observation that can make a lot of difference in how people perceive you and your business. So be yourself when you communicate in public. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, your full self and allow your humor and your playfulness to shine through. You don't need to become a master meme crafter and make memes all day, but you can be witty and insightful at the same time by just saying something that comes to mind. If you want people to be interested in you, you need to be interesting and showing a sense of humor will do just that. That brings me to the last point I wanted to talk about in terms of the the things that you can positively learn from these communities, and that's roadmaps as work in progress documentation. Because that's one thing you'll find in almost every single community is a public roadmap. If a new Web3 project is born, it comes with a lot of wishful thinking. These are all bleeding edge technology projects, so there's a lot of hope. And that is verbalized into a timeline of sorts. It usually starts with building a community of early adopters, some token is being distributed, or there's a minting event, and then several future stages of variable feasibility, a lot of dreaming. But it all is being described in a roadmap document. And uh, and as an example here, maybe the Board Ape Yacht Club roadmap includes the plans for how it started out, the minting of the apes. But also, they want to build a Miami clubhouse, like an actual clubhouse. They have conferences planned, and then some crypto-specific side projects on the roadmap. Anybody holding or planning to buy an ape, NFT, they know pretty well where the journey is going. And because they believe in the long-term potential of the project, they continue to be involved. A roadmap is a snapshot of a future that is yet to come. And this kind of promise causes a lot of buy-in for Web3 communities. Like-minded people join communities with interesting goals and then work on making them a reality. And on the other side, skeptics look at the roadmap, they frown, and then they leave and hunt for another project out there. It's a great alignment synchronization tactic to plainly share what the project is planning to do. That will attract people that want to do that thing as well. And that's what a founder can learn from this. Get people invested in the promise of a future reality. Don't just market your SaaS tool, for example, as a dynamic ad injection system for podcasts. Turn up the wishful thinking and position your business as the future one-step solution for connecting podcast listeners with brands that perfectly match their needs. Go beyond what currently exists and project project your product into a better future and then sell that future. People really resonate with wishful thinking turned into an eventual reality. Obviously, you shouldn't lie to your customers, telling them that it's already a reality or promise something you know you can't deliver. But people are not stupid. They understand the aspirational nature of your promise, which is precisely why they invest in your journey. It resonates with them. They want to live in the reality you envision. And as a founder, you should always have an internal roadmap for your business anyway. So consider sharing that in broad strokes as a public roadmap as well. And I've written about this on my blog and an article on roadmaps and how you can do this, like internal, external roadmap kind of stuff. But here, it's just really important to understand that roadmaps are the projection of an eventual future that people can buy into and support you in. So let's look at the things now that are at first glance incredibly interesting, but have a sour note to them. I said I wanted to talk about the shadow as well. Now I talked about the light, let's talk about the shadow. All these Web3 communities are incredibly tribal. Right? And the definition of tribe really is people coalesce around a topic that they're all incredibly excited about. They 
talk to each other nonstop about it. There's communication channels, and they're all well aware of each community member's reputational status within the tribe. And this forms a robust community, which will go to great lengths to face hardship and struggle. Many projects do this. They have a hard time like selling their NFTs or building up this initial critical mass. But even when Web3 projects don't have the impact they would like to see, they still see it through for a long time, sometimes running only on the fumes of hope. And these communities don't disintegrate quickly. And in fact, this behavior is quite cult-like. And um, cults are defined, or the definition that I use for myself, is a cult is a highly ideological organization held together by charismatic relationships requiring high levels of commitment. And you'll find a lot of cult characteristics in most Web3 communities. They call their experts gurus and idolize their prophetic insight. Members are called upon to spread the good word, inviting their friends and family to bolster their numbers. And people who are dissenting are silenced or are told to leave the community and not to uh, spread fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And it's that part of some Web3 communities that bothers me. It's essentially censorship and forced alignment. And when group leaders are treated with reverence and loyalties and forced by the group, they start wandering into cult territory. And I've been part of several NFT and DAO communities that, uh, yeah, over the past years. And I start getting cautious whenever I see this kind of oversellous and unquestioning belief in a person and a mission. Because after all, this is a novel and promising technology, not to cure to all of humanity's problems. I prefer a guarded and a skeptical approach. And it would do well, or communities would do well to allow for not necessarily dissent, but have more skeptics in their own ranks to then bolster the arguments should it ever come to a discussion. It's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's sometimes very blinding optimism that you'll find in these communities. And that's the thing that I would recommend not trying to establish in your own community. Because if you're working with professionals, you want them to be realistic and you want them to be able to answer questions that their peers may have about you, your mission, or your business that are maybe negative. Maybe they, they think, why does this person do this? Maybe they think about, well, are there not alternatives to this? And if you have people in your community that can say, yes, there are alternatives, and some of them may be better suited for what you're trying to do, well, that's a win-win, right? They get to actually have a better alternative, and your community gets to help somebody who needs their help. And if you squash all kind of dissent, if you only talk about the glowing positive things, you will not facilitate these honest and truthful conversations, conversations that you should be having and allow people to have in your community. And I would like to see more of that in Web3 communities as well, but you know, some of them have this, some do not. You are your own agent of the activities that you choose to do, so pick and choose wildly. Just don't dismiss the valuable learnings from these communities. Having an engaged audience on a diverse set of platforms is worth it for any kind of business. So take those things with a grain of salt, but get inspired by community voting, peer-to-peer influencer marketing, weaponized word-of-mouth marketing, multi-platforms, memes, and um, roadmaps for your own business. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Boots of Founder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at avidkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L, and you can check out the blog at thebootsoffounder.com. You can find my book Zero to Sold at zerotosold.com and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have any questions about this episode, 
reach out on Twitter, or send an email to arvid at thebootsofrana.com. If you want to support me and the Boots of Frana podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.